This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, praise the Lord. We are talking about limiting your limitations. Limiting your limitations. And you know, we well, last week, of course, was Mother's Day. What a great day we had. Uh, but we talked about, uh, in these uh, areas, uh, this series, identity, ability, and vulnerability. And in all three of those areas, last, the week before last, we looked at identity, and we talked about, you know, who's your daddy? Who do you draw your identity from? Who has determined who you are and how high you can go? And every one of us have had challenges in that area because people, sometimes well-meaning people, family, friends that are close to us, maybe our circumstance, our culture, our environment, wanted to establish an identity for us. But we saw from the Scriptures, we who are believers in Jesus Christ, we are children of God. We now have a connection with our Father God, and that is where we draw our identity from. I am who He says I am. And today we're going to find out that I can do what He says I can do. Hallelujah. You know, there was a little parable to open up our lesson today. There was once a lonely bull who lived in a real small and derelict pasture, you know, scrub, grass growing there, weeds mainly. Uh, You know, the fence was run down. It was falling apart. You know, and... Every day he would look at that fence and he would just curse that fence because it would remind him that if the fence wasn't there, he would be free to do whatever he wants and to go wherever he wants and to realize his potential as a bull. But of course, the fence was there. But what the bull didn't realize is the fence wasn't the real problem. You see, the bull was large and muscular, but the fence was small and dilapidated. But you know what had happened? Even though he could easily force his way through the fence, when he was young, just a small young bull, the fence was brand new. And he had tried to force himself through it on numerous occasions. But at that time, he was not strong enough and he couldn't make it through. So he grew up to this big, strong bull And he got stronger, the fence got weaker, but because he had been conditioned every time he came up to that fence, he said, I can't do it. It's no use. And so the bull died lonely and in that terrible condition, in that pasture where there was nothing, when all just beyond that fence were green fields. And he could have easily pushed his way through it. You know... That is a story, not only of bulls, but sometimes it's a story of people too, isn't it? That we all have limitations that we face. We have obstacles, things that have come against us in our life that have uh, conditioned us. And you know, just like these graduates today, I'm sure if if we could have them, had the time that we could talk to them, there were things that came up from time to time that says, you can't do it. You can't do it. You know, I, I've shared a little bit about my background. You know, I grew up, yeah, I mean, I, you know, even the poor people thought we were poor. 
You know, like I said, I, we didn't have an indoor bathroom or plumbing until I was in the seventh grade. And I'm not that old either, so if you're thinking that. <laughs> you know, there were a lot of things that says you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. And we get conditioned that way. And I want to share with you today some things along that line and hopefully share from God's Word, some Scripture and God's Word about you know, the potential that you have. And that one of the first things that we may have to do is recognize that there have been limitations that have been put on me through conditioning, but they're not true limitations. They're not real limitations. That if we just would for a moment recognize it, recognize who God is in us and we as children of God, that we can rise up and realize that we have a strength that we didn't have when those limitations were put on us and those conditions conditioned us and that we have a new strength and a new ally and a new purpose in life. And we can push right through that fence. If you would turn in your Bible to 1 Samuel. Now this is a, it's a story that we're probably all familiar with if you've been in church very much. The story about David and Goliath. But I'm not going to go to the story of where David and Goliath meet on the battlefield. But we're going to back up just a little bit and look at some things that led up to that scenario that we're all familiar with where you know David took the stones you know, and he, he hurled the stone in the name of the Lord and killed the giant and so forth. But just before that, just before that, because here's the thing, it is the things that keep us from pressing into the battle that defeat us more than the battles themselves. I'm going to say that again. It is the things that keep us from engaging the battle that defeat us more often than the fight of the battle itself. And here we know, and I'll give you a little bit of background here. David has been sent by his fathers to check on his brothers. They've been off to war. He goes there, he, and he begins to, you know, he sees his brother. He takes him some special foods and things that were sent by the father. And if you look down there in about verse 17, is where we're going to start reading at, 1 Samuel. About verse 17, Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah, of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and hurry to the camp and, and, and he talks about the foods and everything and so in verse 20 it says early in the morning David left the flock loaded up set out as Jesse had directed he reached the camp as the army was going out into its battle positions shouting the war cry Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other David left his things with the keeper of supplies ran to the battle lines greeted his brothers and as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from the lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. Now this was the atmosphere that David steps into. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He, keeps, he comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and he will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. Boy, that's some good perks there. <clears throat> David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for them, man? Man, that got David's attention. So they repeated it to him. They repeated what he had been saying in verse 27. This is what will be done. 
When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him. Now I want to tell you something. This is how the case will be. Because see, all of the army of Israel had a limitation that had been set on them. And they could not move any further past the limitation that fear had set. Even though all the men there in Israel heard what the king said would be done for the man who would defeat Goliath, fear limited every one of them to say, it's not me. It's not me. I'm not going to be the one. I can't be the one. There's no way I can overcome him. There's no way I can defeat him. So all this army, all these soldiers, all these seasoned veterans, all these trained in warfare had a limitation set on them by fear. Say, so, yeah, but David was God's chosen one. Well, how, many, how do you know that any man in here who was in covenant relationship could have done the same thing? Because when we read here, it says, remember David said, he said, you come to me, spoke to the giant, with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Every man there had a right to say that. Every man there had a right to come against Goliath in the same way. And just as God killed through David with a slingshot, God could have killed through any man who had broke through that limitation of fear in the name of their God and could have killed him with a sword or with a spear or, you know, or barehanded. But see, what did they do? Fear set a limitation on everyone else. <clears throat> Whereas David just said, see, he had, here's the thing we're going to look at a little bit later on too. He hadn't been inoculated with the fear. Remember, we've talked about in Crossroads, we talked about associations. See, all of those people were there. They talked about what they saw. They talked about what they heard. They told each other, it can't be done. We've never seen a man this big. Man, he must be ten times stronger than us. Hey, there's no way. It's just crazy. Who's going to go out with him? You'd have to be crazy to go out against this man. They all had the fear stuff going. David come, an outsider. He hadn't been inoculated. All he knew was God's able. Amen. Isn't that true? So here's the thing. Who said you couldn't? Who said you couldn't? You know, it's real important. You may hear a lot of voices telling you, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. But here's the thing. Who said you couldn't? Now David, it finally got to the king. Even the king had been inoculated with this stuff. It says... Uh, on down there in about oh verse uh, 33 he was brought before Saul in about, about verse 32 excuse me David said to Saul let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine your servant will go and fight him Saul replied you're not able oh my gosh even the king even the king said hey you can't do it now here was the authority figure for the whole nation. God's chosen. God's anointed. God's called. The king over Israel telling you, you can. Now what kind of crazy, cocky kid is this David that says, 
But I can't anyway. I can't anyway. You're always going to have people around you that says, you can't do it. You can't do it. But here's the thing. Always look and say, who's saying this? First of all, did God say you couldn't? Now, if God says you can't, then you can't. <clears throat> Come on. If God says you can't, then you can't. Case closed. Move on to the thing you can do. But in this case, God never told them that they couldn't take the Philistine out. If you go back, if you know the Scriptures, God told them, He said, every place you put your foot, He said, I've given it to you. All they had to do was put their foot out into the arena. God says, you already won. See, if you will push past the fear that wants to come against you. Listen, everybody faces fear. If you're at, you think you're going to live this life and accomplish anything at all, you're going, to be a, you're going to have a confrontation with fear. But just because fear comes against you, that doesn't mean that fear is right. Fear is a notorious liar. Fear is a notorious liar. Fear says you, you cannot when God says you can. Fear says it's impossible when God says it's possible. <laughs> so who said you could? Family and friends? Now listen to me. Just because your family loves you doesn't mean they're always right. I'm sure you, you know, because I've had family tell me that, boy, you, are you, yeah, I don't know about this. I don't know if you better do that. I don't know if you better do this. And you know, I know they said, they love me. But in that case, they weren't right. Now sometimes they are right. But in that case, they weren't right. They were siding in with fear. And you know, and I already got fear talking to my mind. Hello? You ever, you ever try to move past your limitations, you're going to deal with fear. Listen, when you listen to fear, I, I'd write this down. I think this is good enough to write down. Listen. When you listen to fear, you take God out of the equation. When you listen to fear, you take God out of the equation. You ever notice fear always says you can't. You can't. I can't. You can't. You can't. Never says God can't. Says you can't. See, fear always leaves God out of the equation. And so when I start looking at just me by myself at certain things, it may sound like fear's right. But then you know what I do? I bring God and His Word into the equation. Now all of a sudden. It's a whole nother parameter. Isn't that right? Oh, it's a whole nother situation now because what? God's come into the situation. God's in my equation. God's in my boat. God's on the lake walking with me. God's there before the tomb of Lazarus saying, come forth. Whole nother thing then. So here's the thing. Fear will try to build limitations in you. Fear, you can't, you shouldn't, you better not. Look out, be careful, watch out. 
Nobody in your family has ever done anything like that before. So what? Be a pioneer. Isn't that right? You know, Abraham was a faith pioneer. David was a faith pioneer. Was a pioneer. Somebody that goes where somebody hadn't been before. So in your family, why don't you just be a faith pioneer? Nobody ever gone to college before? You go be the first one. Nobody ever been successful in your family before? You go be the first one. Nobody in your family ever owned a house before? You go be the first one. <laughs> this is all right, isn't it? For Sunday morning. Fear will try to set limitations. Now I want to share something about you about elephants and fleas. Of elephants and fleas. Now, the African elephant weighs about 13,000 pounds. That's a good bit. And a flea is point zero five nine zero five five one of an inch in size. About the very tip of a lead pencil. You know, the tip, not the whole lead, just at the tip. An elephant can carry a load of up to 130 grown adults or about 18,000 pounds. A flea can jump 7 inches vertically and 13 inches horizontally. For its size, there's nothing else that can jump as far. You're interested in all this, I know, right? <laughs> uh, an elephant in its trunk alone has 100,000 mus uh, muscles. 100,000 muscles. But now let me share something with you. How they train elephants and fleas. An elephant, when it's young, very young, they tie a rope around one of its legs and tie it to a tree. And so that, that little elephant tries to get away and tries to get away and tries to get away. And, and so it grows up. It becomes this massive animal that I've described to you with that great strength. But you know what they can do when it gets grown? It has become so conditioned, they can drive a little stake, put that rope around, and they won't even try to get away. They take that flea, you know, we're talking about they could jump so uh, profoundly, could jump, jump, jump. You put it in a jar, put a lid on the jar. It bumps against the top. Boom, 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 boom. First hour, still, still jump. Boom, 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 boom. Second hour, still jump. Boom, boom, boom. You come back about the third hour, and it's jumping, but it's jumping now just below where the lid of the jar is. You can take the lid off the jar, he'll never jump out. <laughs> Conditioned to the mountain. Condition to the minimum. You're right there. Turn to Judges chapter 6. How many times the circumstance, our culture, our surroundings, people, we already talked about fear, but how many times are we conditioned to the minimum and then we're convinced that that is the degree of my ability? This is all... I am capable of. This is all I can accomplish. This is all I can do. 
You've run, I know you've run into people that have just been, you know, just been in a terrible environment and all, and they got such a poor self-image and, and everything, and they're so beat down, and you, you try to encourage them, and I mean, it's tough, isn't it? I know, I've been there. Man, it's tough coming out of that. People tell you, you, you know, you'll never amount to anything. Your dad was an alcoholic. You're no good. You're poor. You're, 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 you're poor. Well, in my day, they used to call us poor white trash. I don't know if they use that term anymore. But, you know. And that usually that was just family telling you that. <laughs> but you can, you, can, you can be conditioned to the minimum so easily. And you think, this is, this is who I am. We're like the elephant, you know. We're, we're going to reach for something more, but we feel that little tug, and we, that immediately something goes off in our mind and says, okay, that's it, this is as far as I can go. And all the time, there's such God potential on the inside of you. The talents, the abilities that are just waiting to explode with God's help in your life to break out of your limitations. Here Judges, verse 1, the Israelites did evil. Seven years they were in the hands of the Midianites. The Midianites became their oppressors. The Israelites prepared shelters for themselves and in mountain clefts and caves and strongholds. Now you know what Israel did? They learned to cope with limitation. That is human nature. We learn to cope with our limitations. Well, you know, it's not so bad. I mean, I know, you know, I'd rather be living in my house, but this cave is not that bad. I mean, you know, isn't that right, Myrtle? This cave is not so bad. I mean, you know, at least we're alive. That's what it said. That when the Midianites came in, and you know, if you read here, when did they come in? Just at the point of harvest. Just when you think breakthrough's coming. Just when you think you're going to move forward, you have a setback, and that old coping mechanism comes in, and fear chases you into your cave. Now, it might not be a literal cave, but it's a cave of excuses. A cave of telling yourself why you cannot break free, you cannot move forward. Thank God we don't have to stay there. It says they invaded the country. They camped on the land. Back at verse 3. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and Alekites and other eastern people invaded the country. They did not spare a living thing, sheep or cattle. They were like locusts, so many that they couldn't even be covered. And it says, so Midian impoverished the Israelites. How many people are impoverished? I'm not just talking about financially, that's one area, but impoverished socially. Impoverished physically. Impoverished in relationships. Impoverished in many ways. Why? Because fear. Because circumstances have conditioned us. And instead of breaking out, we've learned to cope. We've learned to settle. Just settling for less. Settling for less. Well, you know, God says having, you know, bread and water, we're to be content. You know, I don't want much. 
Come on. And see, because we learn to cope that way in, in a large part of the, the, the body of Christ, that's seen to be spiritual. The less I have, the more spiritual I am. Well, that's all, that all depends. If you're giving it up for the cause of Christ and to, and to, and to move the gospel forward and to go some places and, and to sacrifice, that's what, that's, that could be true. I've been there. I've gone to the mission field. Just left it all behind and we'll see you. But, listen, that you, have to, you, have to, you have to understand the context of that. But as we're living our daily lives, that's not what God has for us to become impoverished. If we become impoverished, it could be because what? We've allowed limitations to be set on our life that God did not set. He didn't set the boundaries. Let me ask you this. We, we, we talked about condition for the minimum. Who sets your boundaries? You remember in Genesis 1 when God created Adam and Eve? Remember that? He created them in His image. He put them in the Garden of Eden. And He told them to take care of it. That word there, you know, to, to keep it means to, 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 to develop it, to cultivate it, and to guard it. It's got all those connotations in it. Then God went off and He left Adam and Eve to take care of it, didn't He? Didn't He? Yeah. He put within Adam and Eve abilities and talents and He said, now you take these and they are sufficient for you to, to have dominion over the earth. Genesis 1.26, you read it over there. He said you can have dominion over your realm. You can bring it under your authority. You can do this. You can prosper in it by using the abilities I've given you. So, Listen, God's the one that sets your boundaries. And God doesn't use fear to set your boundaries. God gives each of us abilities, doesn't He? He's given us intelligence. He's given us abilities, natural and spiritual. And He says, now you take those and use those to the, and develop them to the highest degree they can go. And you know what that does? That honors God. I said that honors God. Amen. Listen, young people, don't let anybody tell you that you can't be a completely sold out follower of Jesus and also be successful and use your abilities and your talents to go as far as you can. That's what we need. That's where the influence is, is in the marketplace, in the cultural places of our society. That's where we need people. That's where we need the salt. That's where we need the light. So it's, oh, but what about all that darkness? Darkness never put out a light. And it never will. I remember when I was uh, in school at Jack State years ago up there. It's kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of up in that north uh, east part of the state and the, the foothills of Appalachians come down there. And I had a friend of mine, he was, I, I mean, we, we went to high school together. He was Army ROTC, I mean, and he was like gung-ho all the way. So he was, a, he, he, he was a spelunker or somebody that explored caves. So somehow in my great intelligence, he talked me into going with him. <laughs> and man, we're working back up in that cave. You know, when you first go in, it's not too bad. It's kind of big, you know. It's not, it's not too bad. But the further in we went, the closer the walls came. 
And I'm telling you, we're, we're in there, we're laying on our back, and we're trying to wriggle in some places in the, in, in, in the top of the cage right here. Wow. But you know what? If you turned off the light in there, I don't know what blindness is night, but that's got to be close to it. I mean, it was so dark you felt like you could, I mean, it was like the dark head substance. It was black. I mean, dark. You couldn't tell. You know, it could have been, if you didn't already know, it could have been 300 feet wide or it could have been like it was, real tight right there. But you know what? If you struck a little match, all of that darkness, with all of the weight that it seemed to your mind, as soon as that little light come on, couldn't put it out. Couldn't put it out. So who sets your boundaries? Does fear? Does circumstances? Does the culture? Who sets your boundaries? Let God be the boundary setter. Real quickly, recovering from the I can't syndrome. Now we know this. Certain diseases are transmitted through water, like cholera. Some are, you know, uh, transmitted by touch. Some are even airborne. But the I can'ts, the I can'ts, they are transmitted by words and by association. And you can get around people, and before you know it, you come down with the I can'ts. Oh man, I'm telling you. You know, just to look on the outside, you can't tell anything's wrong with me. I look good. I look healthy. I, I smile and everything. But wait till there's a challenge. Wait till there's a, an obstacle that stands in my way. And the old symptoms of the I can't disease rise up. They rise up with my words. Well, let me back up. They rise up with my thoughts, with my words, and with my actions. So we're going to look at getting inoculated, okay, against the I can'ts. Because I'm going to tell you, I grew up in a household, and I'm not being critical. My mom, she was wonderful. She was, she was awesome mom. She just didn't know. She didn't know. So I'm not being critical. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. I wouldn't be critical of anybody. Biggest room in my life is room for improvement. So I'm not... I don't stand to be critical of anybody. But you know, we need to recover from the I can't. And the only thing that's going to do that is faith in God, faith in His words. Now listen to this. I just want to read one scripture here uh, uh, at the moment. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. If you've got the I can't, you're not sure of anything except that you can't. And certain of what we do not see. And this is what the ancients were commanded for. One translation which I like says, Faith is giving substance to things you cannot see. Another one says, Faith is the evidence of what you cannot see. Now fear is also an evidence of what you can see. Nobody's ever done this before. You saw that clip, didn't you? Michael Jordan cut from his high school basketball team. Holy cow! If I hadn't seen that, I wouldn't believe that. Walt Disney fired for not having any good ideas. Holy cow! 
I bet you those people that were responsible for those decisions were in the I can't crowd. I bet you anything they were a couple of I canters. Because listen, there is no success without taking risk. We talked about that. That's what faith is. Faith takes risk. Faith reaches out with God, believing that God is more than enough, that God has put something in me that can reach out beyond where I am, and I take a risk. And sometimes, you know, when I take a risk, especially early on, I might have a setback. But you know, there's an easy solution to falling down. Everybody knows it, don't you? Getting up. Oh, man, that's, I can do that. I, listen, I've become an expert at getting up. I've had to get up so many times. You know, even the great apostle Paul, he said, we're knocked down, but we're not knocked out. <laughs> Hallelujah. So first thing is, we've got to get what an attitude a spirit of faith about us now we know the bible says as believers that we've been given what a measure of faith there's a measure of faith we know we can feed our faith what on god's word isn't that right faith comes by hearing hearing by what the word of god so i can feed my faith and it can grow stronger isn't that right but now in three areas that i mentioned the mind of faith the words of faith and the works of faith in 2 Corinthians, real quickly, chapter 10, it says, well, let's back up to verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Hallelujah. So when everybody and everything says you can't and you go to this book and it says you can, bless God, you know, build your faith, change your thinking from the I can'ts to the I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. God has given me a mind. He has given me intelligence. He's given me certain abilities. I'm going to develop them. I'm going to use them for God's glory. I'm going to move forward. I can. You've got to start thinking like that. The enemy comes, comes in and attacks you. Attacks you in your body. Says you're going to die. God says you're going to live. Come on. Take you got you, listen. You better start thinking right. Thinking right. Otherwise, what your limitations will overtake you, and they will begin to define your life. So that's the mind of faith. The words of faith, we need to speak out not the I can'ts, but the I can't. I can do it. I can do it. God's my helper. I can do it. God's given me abilities. I can do it. I can take these talents and abilities that God has given me and I can cultivate them. I can develop them. God will help me. I will use them for His glory. But I can move forward. I can move upward. Amen? Whatever it is that God's put in your heart, the dream He's put in your heart, you say, I can. 
You begin to speak that out. Find God's promises. Find God's word. Speak it out. You know, most of the time, you know, we say, well, we're going to tell the devil. But I found out most of the time the devil's not the big problem. I need to tell myself. Because the devil's not the one that's doubting for me. I'm the one that's doubting for me. I got, I got to get my mind changed. I got to get my words have got to register on my mind, on my heart. Yes, on my circumstance. They got to register on me. And I begin to move forward. You notice David, what did he say? David had a different thought pattern. He didn't have the I can'ts because he hadn't been inoculated with it. And he began to, he thought differently. And then what did he say? He said, don't worry about it, king. I got it. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. He said, I got it. He said, this Philistine will be no different than the lion and the bear. What matter? What difference does it matter how big he is or how small he is? Amen. See, only fear says that. Well, fear will tell you, well, now, if this wasn't such a big thing, now, if this wasn't cancer, God could do something about it. Words of faith. And then finally, the works of faith. James 2.26 tells us, faith without corresponding action, what? Is dead. He said it's like, he said it's like the body without the spirit. There's no breath. There's no animation. And so, you know, many of you, you know, all that you need to do is you just need to act on what you know, on what you believe, on what God has said. You just need to step out. So, you know what? Fear has drawn this line for so long. You know what? You know what you find out? You won't drop dead. You know, years ago they used to think that if a man traveled any faster than on, a man on horseback, that he would die. They said, you're all laughing at us. But you know what? They, everybody believed that. Until what? Somebody dared to what? Travel faster. They thought that about the sound barrier. Man can't break his head. You'll die if you break the sound barrier. I mean, on and on we could go. So somebody just says, you know what? I didn't die. All those lies the devil said, what happened? It didn't happen. Hey. This is all right, God. We're stepping out pioneering here. You know what? Then you know what? God will begin to speak to you and talk to you. You know, and the next thing, be a little bit easier. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you start hang, hanging around other people. Hey, there's some other people out here. There's some other people that's pioneered. There's some other people that's got the same kind of crazy faith and thinking I got. <laughs> and they're out here too. Oh, it's good. Real quickly, let me give you some action steps and then we're going to pray. Has someone or something put a rope on your neck? Remember we talked about the elephant? Maybe something that seemed to be true 10 years ago, 5 years ago, or 20 years ago, it's absolutely now. You realize that's not true. But somehow that mental conditioning 
has kept you and you feel the tug of that rope, listen, let me encourage you with God's help. Just tug on it really hard. You know what you'll do? You'll find out that that barrier is no longer a barrier at all. Realize you're not the same person. You can break out of that limitation. And then here's the thing. Purpose to take action against captivating thinking, speaking, and actions. Dare. Man, breaking out of this. With the help of God. Listen, listen. There are people here in this building, you know, that are believers. We'll, we'll, we'll help you break out. We'll encourage you. We'll pray with you. We'll, we'll do everything we can. We'll help you break out of that thing. You can travel faster than on horseback. You'll not die. How many of you came on a horse this morning? I'm glad we broke out of that limitation, aren't you? <laughs> Holy cow. But you know what? You can break out of your limitations. You can. Listen, young people. You can. It doesn't matter. You say, but you don't know what I'm facing at home. I know I don't. But I'm going to tell you what. God knows. God knows. You can break out of your limitation. You can move forward. You can do great things for God. Maybe you're going to be the next Billy Graham, the next Dr. Cho. Who knows who you're going to be? The next Amy Simple McPherson. You say, who are those people? Go Google. <laughs> the next Chuck Yeager. He broke the sound barrier. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Wherever God's given you ability, wherever He's directed and pointed you as a dream, says, you go and, and honor me with that and, and take, take my light into those places that, that, that your talents and abilities will take you. Shine the light. Wherever your abilities take you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.